Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today I have Jay Datta with us on Audio Gyan, also known as JD. He's a design thinker, doer, evangelist, and a speaker. an alumni of national institute of design jay has an msc in design management from uk has been a fellow of the royal society of arts london jay built the ux design practices for adobe india grounds up and has led the ux at flipkart and has been one of the few designers in the vc world at safe partners currently jd leads the experience design charter for the new expanded make my Dro- make my trip a uh, group and mentor startups he is the asia pacific lead for the non-profit ixda and the founder curator of design up conference thank you jd for giving us your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on audio gyan thank you kedar thank you for having me on audio gyan i think it's it's great because a lot of people whose work i really admire and respect have been here mm-hmm. so thanks for the privilege of having me on audio gyan oh no no it's all my pleasure Uh so yeah I mean uh, today's uh, discussion I have kept the topic around uh, role of design and startups. Uh so uh, there are few questions which I have come up with and obviously would like to get to know more insights from your side. Sure. Uh so yeah I mean I would like to start with saying that what is your take on uh, if we can set the context by state of uh Indian online products with respect to the products around the world uh, especially in the design context i mean where do you think we stand uh, what are the shortfalls or what are the advantages which we have uh, with the products which are already built like ola clear trip make my trip and other places sure i think that's that's great i think it's a good one to set the context as well hmm. broadly let me just start by saying um what my uh, understanding of design is today and i think the reason i say that is my understanding of design has changed quite significantly uh um, maybe since i was a young grad student to being in the profession in the early years to now mm-hmm. i think increasingly those days i think we were probably hyperventilating about beauty and about uh, you know accuracy of stuff and pixel perfection and order and all of that mm. increasingly they do matter but i think i think of them more as byproducts as opposed to being the real purpose of it okay. i think design increasingly for me is about intent about purpose why does it exist why should a product really exist um mm. what needs does it solve um relevance um i think usability was one big term i'm sure you've kind of been through that phase at some point Correct. i think there were a lot of usability architects and usability specialists and all of that i i the more i look back i feel usefulness trumps usability any day mm-hmm. so if you had something which was slightly unusable or i think it's it's just that uh, you know if it's like highly useful and it's unusable you'll still find a way of getting it done mm-hmm. i mean i'm not saying it's not important it's important so okay just to put it in context for me i think design is all about context purpose uh, usefulness relevance and of course if there's beauty and order and all of that then that's great that's probably an add on hmm. so on that context if i take some of what is happening in the indian product design scene 
Uh, I think probably in the early phases, I think it was about that beauty phase of making things look good, be good, yeah. perform well. All that kind of thing was there. Yeah. More on the aesthetics part. More okay. on the aesthetics. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of on the aesthetics part. Hmm. And uh, I think the relevance part, we kind of assume that if it works in the US or if it works in a developed market, it should work here. So hmm. what is the equivalent of an Amazon in India? What's the equivalent of an Uber in India? What's an equivalent of so on and so forth kind Correct. of thing? Um, and I think... that is changing i mean i'm very glad it's changing and being with saf partners being seeing uh, so many ideas come to us i think you realize that ideas actually are cheaper than dime a dozen i think mm-hmm. dime a dozen is also pretty expensive mm-hmm. so i think uh, in this sense um, a lot of ideas are me to ideas they are mm-hmm. again trying to be an x of y kind of scenario correct and to me that is actually probably the start of a bad design phase or design journey we can mm. make it look nice make it look polished uh, good ui all of it mm. but when the relevance when the soul is not there why does it exist what purpose will it solve yeah, i think that probably is the the missing link and mm-hmm. today's designers i think there are some very bright kids i see always like probably we were i'm not bright but we were kids at some point and kind of uh, uh talking about like making it look really nice and shiny and you know you design for your peers and you design for your um other designer friends and you say look at my app it's like the glossiest nicest app kind of thing Correct. but i think it's again going back to the context and the relevance mm-hmm. um you also said what is broken what is uh, thing and i think there are a bunch of it maybe our education system itself is broken but that's what is producing people who are not indexing on originality we are looking for the right answer and mm-hmm. the right answer someone else has solved it so we take the right answer and copy it out correct So I think maybe that's probably where the problem starts with mm-hmm. and also I guess uh, VCs and all probably fuel that up saying hey will it scale fast is there a model that can scale fast etc etc so I think but having said that there's a lot of hope I see a lot of um, unique apps coming in which are addressing the Indian context mm. looking beyond the 2% 5% users in the sort of urban markets who've got a lot more disposable income hmm. so there are a lot more apps who are looking beyond those and there are some smaller ones um there are small ones like uh, dunzo for example which comes to mind which i really like i think that's probably solving a problem mm-hmm. um and, and solving a problem kind of well i think still in the urban sector still in very very for a niche audience correct that's fine but i think we'll get there kind of there are mm. a bunch of other apps which people have been trying mm. um so so i think there is hope and i think we are yeah. increasingly realizing that meet is not a good idea i think and, and context. Uh, if i may interrupt uh, yeah, why sure. do you think uh, this meet to attitude or uh, this uh, entire character of being me too uh, emerged uh, in the late in the last few years i mean it is changing now but uh, how did it uh, any insights into that how did it pick up i think part of it uh, is probably our western education models that's probably one of the start okay. of it mm-hmm. the fact that we are very anglo centric kind of everything is i mean the people who are going to build and the people who are going to create mm-hmm. are very or maybe are educated in the west um the people who are going to fund possibly have seed western right. models so right. i think it's a very small siloed model that i begin to see everyone kind of understands and knows a very 
tiny slice of reality mm-hmm. and for them this is like this is the most awesome thing Correct. twitter did it uber did it um airbnb did it mm. um so we can do it we can pretty much copy and paste mm-hmm. the chinese on the other hand uh, probably they ha- also have their own share of uh, western educated um intelligent builders and funders and so on but i think part of it also is that a lot of majority of chinese um, may not be so fluent in english the whole notion of the language mm. i think that's the other beauty of it correct, uh, correct. that creates something which is very unique mm-hmm. so some of the app may be chaotic but chaotic is not necessarily by design mm-hmm. i think that's where probably other parts of it comes in actually correct, correct so when correct. i look at um, that and i think there's been a recent uh, report which everyone alludes to that amongst the top 50 most valued companies mm-hmm. uh, a huge majority are chinese actually the mm-hmm. billion dollar unicorns kind of thing correct. and part of it is that they have been uniquely themselves they have mm-hmm. not tried to copy anyone they have tried to be original not for the sake of originality mm-hmm. but just to be them mm-hmm. understanding their own culture and yeah. catering to that kind of audience and making it localized maybe that is one of the reasons yeah that's right yeah so people like share chat for example then there's other tons of people who are now getting into vernacular understanding our thing mm-hmm. i think they're at an interesting juncture they're not yet there but mm-hmm. i think they're understanding that you know there is a huge market out here kind of correct correct even in the podcast industry we have uh, like once in a while like uh, meetups uh, to discuss what's happening and uh, a lot of people have this say that let's have podcasts in multiple languages so it gets more regional right. and then much more contextual to uh, a wide variety of indian audience right yeah no oh, that's great actually that'll be perfect yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool uh, so uh, you've worked with uh, Uh, as uh, in the vc world as well uh, and multiple places like flipkart and make my trip now so how critical is it for a company to be like design sensitive and what are your thoughts on that why they should be like that so i think it's not at all critical for design for a company to be design sensitive at okay, all kind of okay. thing uh-huh. provided you're not working with humans that is <laughs> if you're working with humans you better be sensitive to design hmm. because i think design again going back to my earlier sort of definition is all about purpose and usefulness and all of that mm. and if you want to be relevant mm. if you want to make sure that your users are coming back to you getting what they want okay then you better be design sensitive and by that i don't mean necessarily that you have to be a beautiful app or you need to be like a super shiny app which is designed in california and shipped here mm. but you can be much more sensitive to your users needs and that probably by by definition is um a well designed product a well thought out product kind of thing okay. so yeah i think it's very very relevant um mm-hmm. to be design conscious design centric and design away from that beautiful pixels kind of a definition overall mm-hmm. um you asked me earlier about the startups and i think Correct. one of the things which i used to sort of uh, go and talk to people and people would tell me that uh, you know i think uh, we need good design we need uh, some visual help and polish it up and mm. nice shiny buttons and all of that mm. but if your product 
thought or product um the way it's put together by itself is not right mm. the no amount of shiny buttons will help you mm-hmm. i think that's probably what people or founders don't get often mm-hmm. uh but there's changing i think people are realizing that there is much more to design than the skin deep i mean it's much more skin deep than rather than just the the skinning surface of it overall kind of thing correct correct so uh, i have I guess I am assuming this is what I have realized in my own journey as well as a designer that uh, it just like whatever is perceived as design in the current time or at least some years back is like the superficial layer of design but actually design is much more deeper in the sense that yeah. how are things working in the back end how are things uh, efficiently modeled uh, at an architecture level so all that also encompasses design yeah right so if we consider that as a premise uh, like what would be your take on the percentage of new startups or new companies or founders who value design how do they look at these two things i mean architecting and modeling a particular product as opposed to the superficial layer which just uh, is an interface for the user uh, what are your thoughts on that so i think that's that is uh, that's again a very valid kind of a thought there in terms of that is changing and i, I see hmm. and that's a, that's a great sign hmm. typically uh formally founders would just talk about the visual design mm. part of it but increasingly someone says hey i need a designer who can so actually I recently just had a talk with a founder mm. and and the, the ceo founder kind of told me listen we had a designer and he just wasn't thinking pixels and beauty kind of thing mm. but he was actually talking to people on the ground he was talking to the suppliers he was talking to all of them mm. and he was looking at how are these guys getting integrated in the system mm. because that in turn a sort of really models my um my tab structure it really models my menu items kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. so i think if you work backwards there's a whole lot of combination which is not apparent mm-hmm. and uh, recently this guy had to move because of family reasons but this guy just wants a replacement absolutely like him mm-hmm. someone who thinks design with a big d mm-hmm. yeah interesting interesting um so um like what is your process of getting like approvals on design decisions again uh, in this case i would like to just strictly keep it in the in the ui ux domain uh, i mean how do you bring everyone on the same page because you have worked with like bigger uh, organizations so uh, how do you pursue others uh, about the the thought process which you envision and then uh, the the overall say interface which you have designed or which you are part of designing how do you bring that into uh, like on the same page everyone on the same page yeah I this is like a personal question because uh, uh, i have just started as being the head of design and uh, mentoring teams and yeah. uh, other designers as well so this is like a personal question as well <laughs> right <laughs> i think i can share a lot of my failures actually so i yeah. think i failed a lot and realized what works uh-huh. uh what really works is to understand the culture of the organization mm. and then fine tune your approach according to that okay uh one of my biggest failures was probably flipkart uh, mm-hmm. i was there as a head of design for a relatively brief period mm. and i wanted to go in on day one and change everything because i've had a number of um chats with the founders with uh, the senior folks out there mm. and i had a vision of how i want this to be mm. 
and so in i went and i did a whole bunch of things and uh, we actually kind of created quite a interesting uh, interface an interesting paradigm not just an interface but just a paradigm for the interface and mm. how it should look a kind of a future vision of how flipkart should be mm. so if i think about the f- vision the version where it was at let's say it's 10 we were thinking about version 12 or 13 or 14 mm-hmm. right i think it was an interesting one uh, what i failed to read was that the organization was too much in a flux mm-hmm. people liked what they saw people were kind of gearing up for it but the person who signed it off might not be there the next day mm-hmm. and i think the question was that how do you actually sell it deeper which is again going back to your own question how mm-hmm. do you actually hold the integrity of vision in such a fluid flux state correct I'm glad that some of that finally came out kind mm. of and and uh, not to the extent that we had thought about because I was can't reimagine the search and a whole bunch of things. Mm. Uh some of it is there, some of it is not there. Mm. Um there was also things around PWA for instance which I did get started off but kind of uh, so it was completed later on. Correct. And I'm glad that things got done the way they've got done. Mm. Um but Yeah it was probably a lot of learning for me mm-hmm. and the biggest learning was this adapt to the culture of the organization know it don't be in a rush don't be in a hurry to do anything mm-hmm. so that's probably the two things mm. the two things which have worked for me it is one end as adobe and adobe actually had something called a red box uh, mm. system of innovation mm. and they kind of formalized it and it's actually won some awards as one of the biggest inner sort of innovation schemes inside corporations mm. the idea is that they would actually give you a kind of a design thinking kit with a credit card which had like a $500 loaded on it okay i need to qualify for that you mm. just didn't get it like that mm. and you would be allowed to run an experiment ask no one and use it $500 to run a bunch of experiments oh, nice. and by that experiments i would say so i did quite a few and we had uh, the team had great fun mm. um we did uh, we actually put up a website and mm. so this is the product never said it's anything to do with adobe mm. and saw how people reacted and mm. one idea went very very far it was taken up by people like debbie millman i, I met her and she oh. was like so chuffed mm-hmm. and then i said well actually i'm from adobe by the way kind of and she said oh well this idea is kind of makes sense for adobe to sort of at one point coca cola kind of thought that we were an unknown company and they said well what if we give a dollar or 1 million check and can you just implement this for us mm-hmm. the idea was that these were like a whole bunch of um uh sort of service workers of sorts which would uh, automate a few processes with the adobe tools mm-hmm. and this essentially was an internal idea but it was pitched as if it is not mm-hmm. just to see is the market kind of ready for it correct but then large companies takes a long time and you need to have the patience and you need to and that kind of manifests itself somewhere in libraries and other things mm. But when I think about my current job uh, at Make My Trip, mm. I think what I did was to take all those learnings, all those failures, all those small successes, and said, "Hey, what do I do first? Understand the culture, and mm. then kind of uh, pitch something." Mm. And I'm glad it's working because we did this huge effort called Cosmos. It's still not done. Mm. and it's still a work in progress but it's a complete design library it's also got a whole philosophy around it uh, managed to sell it to the top bosses because what we did was to create a vision which is very compelling and mm. uh, it's almost like when you see that then you go back to your current app and you say ah, no that doesn't quite make sense kind of <laughs> it's, a, it's like you see you had a budget of 15 lakh for an apartment mm. and you see a 60 lakh apartment it blows your mind and you say 
now you can't go back to your 15 lakhs Correct. you probably yeah. will go at least like 30 lakhs kind of yeah. you'll double your budget for that so i think that's probably the psychology of doing it mm-hmm. make it so compelling so attractive put in the data in there put in it has to be visual emotive data purpose everything baked together Package and together. don't be in a hurry that's mm-hmm. the other part mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Tunminahari is a very important point. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's one of the greatest lessons that I had from Flipkart. I yeah. was too much in a hurry. Interesting. Uh, in one of your interviews, you mentioned that uh, don't design for the next billion. Uh, design around the one and how you can make contextual to each individual and treat them as a mass. Uh, can you tell us uh, like what made you say that in the, uh, if you have any particular case study which you can uh, briefly tell us about that uh, this particular philosophy helped you in in uh, like promoting good product or bringing a good product to the market okay so i think um, partly i alluded to it in flipkart i think we were always talking about the next 100 million next billion mm mm-hmm. and i think that's the same thing which google and many many other companies do they look at india's masses and they look at hundreds of millions of people hmm. with phones um now with geo data and so much free data around correct and they say oh, wow look at that that's hmm. my target market that's like 100 million customers of a billion customer waiting for me hmm. but in that some ways it's kind of also desensitizing the whole thing these are individuals they are not a target market kind of right mm-hmm. and that's what i, I increasingly in, in flipkart i kept thinking about that that these are human beings they are mm-hmm. they have the life they have the unique uh, sort of you, you could aggregate in some way saying okay they all live in dharavi mm-hmm. but still they are very different someone Get maybe it. have a son who's doing really well someone maybe has uh, a disabled mother and so on so i think each individual life is so unique mm. and the other point which which kept coming to me was this phones with their thousands of data points mm. can actually build a portrait of this uniqueness or individuality which is we are not tapping into we're just saying okay here's the sort of thing and i'll broadcast i think it's a it's a one way street i'll broadcast you will receive correct as opposed to being a two way communication More almost like the conversation yeah. we are having today right yeah, yeah. so it's like um, it it was just like i'll tell you and mm. you will receive me kind of thing and you will just go out and purchase more things mm-hmm. which is probably the wrong notion kind of thing or i'll take your data and i'll send you what to purchase kind mm. of thing when i came to make my trip and we have both been in travel domain kind Correct, <laughs> so yeah. we know uh, if you had a large travel purchase i think uh, google or i can't remember one of these companies released a, a large report last year mm-hmm. which talked about that if you were to like think about a holiday and this was for india especially mm-hmm. uh, or a large travel kind of a spend people go to an average of about 47 different sites they take about 39 days okay they go to like apps and websites and back and forth and so i think what's happening is that you're going back and forth suddenly we're going to trip advisor clear trip make my trip um, kayak you name it you're going back and forth back and forth and somewhere in each site i think it starts by asking you where do you want to go who do you want to go with when why what like there are 20 other questions that it needs to ask you Correct. and this is the same thing with the sky clear trip make my trip 
and it just struck me we are called make my trip but there's nothing my about it there's nothing personal about it mm-hmm. and when i combined that old philosophy of designing for one i said hey we have a lot of data points we can actually do that mm-hmm. so once you search your context is preserved with us mm-hmm. i can tell you a whole bunch of things so maybe you the flight you search for got cheaper mm-hmm. maybe the holiday that we are planning to go is going to increase in price i can predict a lot of things mm-hmm. um you bought a flight from me but you did not buy a hotel so you're sitting in your airport and i know you're in the airport mm-hmm. um do you want to sort of take that thing maybe there's leftover inventory which you can actually take off at last minute deals mm-hmm. so you could actually get a taj at some ridiculous price kind of thing correct now those are things where i kind of i begin to understand you as a user and i show you things which are relevant mm-hmm. as opposed to notification i mean there's still a lot of notification around mm-hmm. but i think that's the whole idea of can i be more relevant and how much relevant can i be mm-hmm. and we are in the day, the age of like ai and nlp and machine learning and all these fancy terms mm-hmm. cognitive computing and all of that mm-hmm. but if we can't solve these basic human things around making it 100% relevant for you then mm. what's the use so the new cosmos philosophy i talked about cosmos earlier is around putting the my back in make my trip mm-hmm. that's the bottom line kind of the bottom line kind of thing so it's how do i put the my it's to make it completely relevant so almost like you will come at a point where what each one sees it's already happening mm. the app that you see is different from the app i see mm. it's going to be different from the app someone else sees uh but i think it's going to go more and more maybe it's going to be very very different based on where you are what phone you use i think we are on that path to making it very personal very much you correct correct so. interesting because i did a interview with uh, gaur go uh, uh, gopal uh, gaur racer right. uh, from idc and uh, we spoke about ergonomics right. uh, in the in the furniture space and in yeah. the physical uh, product space and uh, i'm just trying to connect the dot here that uh, obviously there are no solutions there are obviously trade offs of, uh, yeah. but in this case where you well put that it's my there's nothing my about it right now so it's mainly um at a very abstract level trying to bring in ergonomics uh at a interface level itself because yep. uh, uh this is what you're doing right like knowing the context completely and then building it according to that making it much more personal totally so, yeah. yeah yeah interesting so it's interesting. almost like thinking i i very often speak to the security guards and all of that and i think for them there's a security guard from orissa for him there is a cadence hmm. twice a year he'll go back home hmm. he is not a leisure traveler he is yeah. like an economic migrant who needs to go back home and visit his family his son studying in standard 10th and so on hmm. you listen to their stories and then you say okay what does the app look like for him hmm. because he needs to sort of find out maybe in advance the train timings and a whole bunch of other things hmm. so i think but then again the, what you're doing is you're always targeting a particular segment right not a particular user because then it becomes very difficult to customize a product at that level or is it possible yeah actually that's a that's a good one because uh, for, so i think you start with the segment mm-hmm. but you can slowly get into a user mm-hmm. so for example there are some users who will um, who will maybe book 10 hotels on booking.com mm-hmm. and they will cancel 9 mm-hmm. now I know this is a pattern and I can figure out that this person has this pattern. Hmm. He takes some exotic vacation, books 10 hotels, cancels 9, stays with one. Hmm. Now, what is the offering for him? So hmm. can I customize it? Mm-hmm. And at some point of time, I think uh, it's not you anymore. You set up set of rules and that rule is customized for a, a person who does 
this kind of behavior versus some other kind of behavior but i think if you had a million rules that's also possible mm-hmm. so i think that's the beauty of a computing system is that you could actually create a million rules and you could actually figure out an algorithm to serve each one very individually brilliant mm-hmm. so i think that's where i think my other thing is and of course you need an interface to sort of make sure that the person is getting all of that correct but that's probably the second part of it if you can solve this problem then you can solve that problem too mm-hmm. interesting uh i think uh Yeah these were the few questions obviously there are tons of things to be spoken about in the design world and uh, uh yeah let's see how we like can we can schedule another audio can session maybe uh with another set of things but Absolutely. i would like to conclude with uh, one last uh, question which i'll have a follow up audio can session with you uh, especially on design up uh, you have started this uh, design up can you just uh, briefly tell us about what it is So Design Up is essentially a conference I call it a conference a cause and a community mm-hmm. I think uh, of course it started with the idea of partly going back to the beginning of the conversation where you kind of asked like is how do startups react and mm-hmm. things of like that while being at the VC I kind of realized that the meaning of design is so divergent mm-hmm. I mean not that everyone needs to have a same common definition but mm-hmm. at least we have to have a few basic constructs of what design can mean Correct and one was that or at was, least know what it doesn't mean doesn't mean exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. so it doesn't mean it doesn't mean fashion design so yeah. it's something like that kind mm-hmm. of like when i was kind of growing up or when i went to design school everyone was so oh, designer so you must be a fashion designer kind mm-hmm. of so there was like a very stereotyping done mm-hmm. i think the idea was to at least break those stereotypes and say that there are five kinds of designers or 20 kinds of designer and design can do this also and that also mm-hmm. so in, in some ways was to expand that and in some ways was to contract some of those misconceptions and say not that kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. so i think that's how it started but there were other factors and maybe when you do the follow up i can talk more about that mm-hmm. but there were other reasons as well for starting design up mm-hmm. and uh, the the thing was that before i went into the vc world between flipkart and the vc world i was doing a startup of my own mm-hmm. and uh, that startup was called attend.com mm-hmm. so i'm i'm a conference junkie you can say i've spoken okay. at many conferences i've attended many conferences and and at some point of time i was doing this um app in the conference domain kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's how i met saf and somehow that became an full time engagement uh, slowly okay but this was in the back of my mind that uh, we could do something and suddenly we said one fine day let's let's do that kind mm-hmm. of so i got along a few people and uh, and yeah we started design up Okay. The first one 2016 was I think almost the same time that you were starting audio again. Mm-hmm. Uh November 2016 it was a small one 230 people uh in um in actually a uh, uh, startup space mm-hmm. which is actually Naresh Narasimhan's uh, space. Okay. Um and by Numa Numa has that uh, French accelerator who does that. Mm-hmm. So we did that and I think it was a good good one uh, typically we we really enjoyed people had good fun we learned a lot it was very 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 tightly curated so you had all aspects of uh, design in startups that was how it started kind mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. but we said let's expand it more and that's how it it pretty much went mm-hmm. so yeah that's probably the start of design up yeah sure all right uh, this is a good note to end this uh, um and uh, yeah uh, i'll tell our listeners to wait for the next follow up episode uh, which is purely focusing on design up uh, and uh, no more about the conference and what's what's in store in 2018 october 
thank you uh, uh thank you for giving us your time and it was pleasure talking to you same it was pleasure talking to you and it was really good sort of being here again yeah. uh in, in the sense of like being after a bunch of people who again as i said respect the work love what they've been doing mm-hmm. so great to be here thank you so much yeah okay thank you okay bye bye okay and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on itunes savan stitcher or any podcasting app you use do rate us on itunes and follow us on twitter facebook and instagram stay tuned for more gyan on audiogyan.com till then bye